Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to another edition of Trending presented by Omaha, the show where we like to compete while exploring the best ways to wager for casual cappers. And my apologize for a late recording today. We we're going to do the Tuesday games instead of Monday because my guest had a long commute back from cloud nine. I have the kid from Kansas City himself, Mark Gunnels. I don't have to really ask how you're feeling because I'm guessing the answer is euphoric. Yeah, I told you last week that I wasn't really worried, you know. You asked me how confident I was or how nervous I was, and I was pretty confident. I mean, obviously, I was have some anxious moments during the game, to say the least, but I knew as long as 15 got the ball back, we'll have a chance. Well, okay, so there's a difference of having a chance, and, like, I'm a three on a scale of 10. We're definitely winning this game. So can you at least admit when you came on last week, the three out of 10 was a little bit of bravado, a little bit of hyperbole. There had to be moments where there's fourth down or whether you're trailing or whether they look like crap in the first half and can't move the ball offensively. There had to be moments you were actually concerned with the outcome. Yeah, but not as many as you may think because our defense was keeping us in the game. I mean, even the first half, the offense was really bad, and it was still only 10 to 3. Like, they only were up a touchdown. They should have been probably up more. So, I mean, the defense all year has been keeping us in games to where as long as they're within at least one possession in the fourth quarter, you feel pretty good about yourself. So, I knew we would be in a good spot as long as we kept it within striking distance, and we did. Well, let's go ahead and weigh in on the thing that everybody in America is obligated to take a stance on today, which is the decision on the coin flip in overtime. So as a Kansas City fan, you see yourself lose that toss, and there's like a split second where you don't know what the 49ers are going to do. As a fan of the team that lost the toss, what were you hoping the 49ers did? So to be honest with you, I didn't know about the new rule. Mm, you and the 49ers yeah a lot of good company on that so i was thinking um that it was kind of a good thing they did it anyway because i I felt comfortable thinking we're gonna allow touchdown right like i just felt that confident in my defense and if if not you don't let them score anything all you need is three points to win the game but i didn't know about the new rules so if they were to score a touchdown we still get the ball back right yeah, so the the rules yeah. essentially both teams are guaranteed a possession, and then after the second team gets the ball, you know, uh, from the kickoff, then it's 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 a live game from there, right? Like the next time yeah. there is not a tie at the end of that possession, it's over. So the reason Shanahan said he did it. And people were speculating it was because of um, Mahomes wearing out his defense at the end and he wanted to give them a blow. But he's on record as saying he did it. And I, I know you're offline a lot today because if there was a third possession, if they match scores the first two, then the third possession could end it. Like a field goal could end the game if it's tied after the first two, which, by the way, makes complete sense to me. And so, like, I didn't hear them say it on the broadcast. I didn't hear it in the postgame reaction. I didn't even hear it in the things that were, that were released quickly after the game. So it seems like everybody's trying to catch up on the strategy. And as people caught up and as the day has progressed, it seems like we are now entering more of like a, a fair 50-50 analysis versus, oh my God, Shanahan blew it. Yeah, because at first everybody was saying he blew it. So yeah, maybe people have had more time to digest everything and see all the pros and cons of it. And I mean, I guess now looking back on it, since I know the rule now, in that situation, mm, that's so hard. That's so hard. I probably would have taken the ball first, Paul's Niners still, because the fact your defense was tired, they weren't worn out, you know, with Mahomes just drove down at the end of the fourth quarter to forced overtime. So do you want to go out there back-to-back and then let's say the score a touchdown, then I mean, at least you know what you got to do, but it puts a lot of pressure on you to now you have to get in the end zone. Right. So, I mean, it can go either way, but I do think for the Chiefs, they benefited because, like what I said, they knew what they had to do. And now, you know, everything is four down territory. So now you got to stop the Chiefs 
four times in a row because they're going to have to go for it on fourth down, obviously. Yeah, it's a it's a massive advantage. That said, like having the ball first in a sudden death scenario where you just need a, a field goal could win you the Super Bowl also is a massive advantage. So, like, I think anybody who says it's clear cut either way, I think it's going to take, you know, 100 years before we know. Like, when's the next time this is going to come up? It might come up once a year in the playoffs and once a decade in the Super Bowl. So I think we'll take a long time for the analytics to actually sort themselves out. What I did think was interesting is uh, Andy Reid did go on the record after the game to say if the Niners had scored a touchdown the Chiefs would have gone for two and tried to end it without the, the ball going back to the Niners like can you even imagine that how are you like even if you have 15 even if you have maybe the greatest uh, guy who's ever lined up behind center you got one snap with the Super Bowl truly on the balance win or lose you can't tell me you're still a three at that point nah. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I wouldn't be um, but I mean that would have been smart if that happened because if you tie it up all they need is a field goal to win the game. So you may not get the ball back again. 15 minutes, I touch the ball one more time. So at that point, I think you would have to just say, we're going to win or lose with the ball in the 15's hands. But I'm glad it didn't come down to that because I don't think my heart could have took it. Yeah. And look, man, I mean, like 15 is going to get all the glory and he should like he's an incredible player. He's an incredible asset. He's the reason Kansas City along with he's not the sole reason, but he's the center of the reasoning why they're uh, a developing dynasty for for certain. But honestly, like the biggest plays in the game aren't going to be remembered. It's not the Nicole Hardman catch. It's not even like Kelsey almost getting to the end zone. And those are what you'll see the clips of forever. It was the third down stop. Uh, that made San Francisco kick the field goal, field goal to actually give Mahomes the ball back. And so, like, I know a, a well-dialed-up blitz that leads to a deflection that, like, the ball knocks down isn't a sack. It isn't the helmet catch. It isn't the hardman catch. It's none of these things. But that was the... That was the game-winning play in a lot of ways because they could have, you know, taken the air out of the ball and, and then there's nothing Mahomes could do. He's just impotent on the sideline. Yeah, shout-out to Trent McDuffie. I mean, he's the one that came in on that blitz and batted the ball down. He was an all-pro this year for good reasons. And LeJarrius Sneed should have been an all-pro as well. That was probably the biggest snub this year. That's the best cornerback duo in the league. I don't think there's even any debate about that at this point. I mean, they're really, really sticky. You saw a lot of those passes were super contested. And that's the advantage you can have when you're spags, right? Because he does a lot of blitzing things of that nature, but you can do that when you trust your corners on an island. They, they can yeah. guard these guys one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. Well, I felt a lot about that game, Mark, and it's it's completely uh, wasted on you because you're a kid from Kansas City and you, you bleed Chiefs red, and so, like, you're never going to agree with me on this. But that, that game reminded me of, like, what I say about college sports. College sports are dramatic. They're not good. Like, I thought that Super Bowl was a dramatic game. I didn't necessarily think it was a good or well-played game. It looked a little bit sloppy, particularly in the first half. And people are going to remember it as a memorable Super Bowl. But as, like, the peak of football and the two best teams, like, trading blows and, like, giving their best shots at it, it, it didn't feel like that way to me. It didn't feel like, oh, this is a game that we should hang in the loo because it's a shining example of how the game is played. But it had a lot of drama, particularly at the end. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I'm obviously not going to better to see it from your perspective because I have so much invested into the game. So it's going to be impossible for me to see it from your lens. But I mean, I thought it was really good defense played on both sides, though, especially in the first half. I thought it was good execution defensively. I know a lot of times we want to see the high flying and the points scoring back and forth. But I thought from that perspective, it was now you did have two fumbles, right? CMC fumbled. Pacheco fumbled after that deep bomb to McCole Hartman, which just, it just killed my whole entire vibe. I, can I just tell you that right now? I mean, yeah. imagine that. It happened literally to play after that 56-yard, whatever it was, pass. So I'm going crazy, like, yeah, Mahomes <laughs> is the GOAT. And then the next play, a fumble. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, here we go again. Yeah, I was talking about it with somebody this morning and they were asking for my opinion on the game. And I was like, well, you got to remember the turnovers, right? Like the I, the game was low scoring in the first half and people were talking about how boring it was. But that's because of, you know, kind of inopportune times to turn the ball over, which is obviously going to suppress scoring. I will say that, I mean, like even as a Chiefs fan, even as a diehard, how – 
can we admit there was some luck here? Like everybody says they're script writers and they were trying to like frame this for the chiefs because of Mahomes or Taylor Swift or whatever. Like, how do you write a script where the ball is kicked 55 yards in the air and just happens to hit a guy who's not paying any attention in the heel? Like, can we get over this? Like that was just a pure luck play. Luck plays having the Super Bowl. It's not going to be as memorable as the helmet catch because it's not going to have a, a catchy nickname and it was less rare, but it's still a freak occurrence that absolutely turned that game around. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, but, you know, it takes a – they sometimes are saying it's better to be lucky than good, right? You know, It's I mean, true, and sometimes you can make your own luck, but that wasn't a play where they made their own luck. That was just like a, it happens a couple of times a year, and it just happened to happen on the biggest stage possible at the worst time for the 49ers. They kind of had their boot on their neck. Mahomes couldn't get going with the one touchdown pass later. And yes, the Niners didn't fold right away, but it certainly put a lot of hop back in the Kansas city step. And every time they got the ball after that, I thought they could score because now I've seen them do it. Right. It's like a shooter shooting and seeing the ball go through the net. You think the next couple are suddenly going to go through as well. No, hundred percent. That was definitely a major turning point in the game. There's no denying that at all. Um, very, very bizarre. Cause he, he called for a fair catch too. Right. I believe. But it hit one of his teammates' foot, so he had to try to scoop it up because it was a live yeah. ball at that point. So just, um, I mean, what, game of inches or whatever you want to call it, game of feet. Yeah. I don't know what you want to call it, but, yeah, it was definitely lucky for sure. Well, well, I'll tell you who got lucky yesterday, and it's not just you guys who are rooting for the team. It's all the people that Martin Weiss likes to call squares because I did all the analysis that he did. I looked at it from every angle that he did. I did all that. At the end of the day, I said one team has 15 and the other team doesn't. And so I ended up back in the Chiefs, even though I thought the 49ers are the better team, and I was rewarded for it. I was rewarded enough that uh, that contest that we had last week here on Trendy, I would like to be um, proud to say that I am a co-champion as long as well as Brett Coraminos. Uh, the two of us hit 9.2 units to beat Eddie Spaghetti, who came in at 9.1. And even you, as a kid from Kansas City, who had a whole bunch of homer picks, couldn't catch us at the end because both of us hit a couple of big bets. <laughs> well, congrats to you on that. I, I really, I'm really happy for you. Um, but I will say this, and just overall point on this this game, the thing for me that I think is fascinating is, you know, People trying to say the Chiefs are a villain and stuff now. And since I'm so in it, I'm trying to see, like, what does it really look like for people that aren't so emotionally involved? Because from my perspective, this isn't nothing like the Patriots. Like, we don't really have hateable guys to me. Like, Mahomes is not a – he's a very likable guy, in my opinion. Like, he's really cool. He actually plays a fun style of football. Andy Reid was always the lovable guy. People love to see him win. When they got his first one, they're like, oh, I'm so happy for Andy Reid. He got his first one. So is it to the point now where they're winning too much? So where they're villains? Because, like, with the Patriots, it's easy to hate Bill Belichick. Like, at every press conference, he gives you one-word answers. Tom Brady just had a villain type of aura to him. The deflate gate, you know, all the scandals. Like, are we really villains? I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, as, as a neutral, I don't quite see it either. I think you kind of have to manufacture that, that hate and you have to really dive deep to get into reasons. To your point, they're not as on the surface as they were with the Patriots until Mahomes launches like a pH 15 vitamin scheme that is predicating off of people and, and making money that way. The commercials help a lot, honestly. Like you, you can never picture Belichick asking about them nuggies like, he just didn't ever seem have to have that personality. And I said it last week when you were on with Sheck. Like, I think Mahomes and LeBron, the fact that those are your two favorite athletes, like, you've hit a home run in terms of having people to root for that don't have anywhere near the baggage of other people that have been in the GOAT argument during our lifetime. And so, like, I think it is natural to always look for – uh, reasons to tear somebody down. That's just kind of the society that we live in now. But it, the Chiefs are much harder to tear down than that Pats team was. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm glad to hear from a neutral perspective because I was like, maybe am I just being too close to the situation where I see every little nits and pieces of the team? And I think we're not that bad of guys, but it's funny. I feel like the more of the, the non-players – around our team is why people hate us more like the Taylor Swifts and 
Jackson Mahomes and all of that and Brittany. Like people would be more mad at them than the actual players on the field. Well, it's it's a great argument for Mahomes and, and his personality and his greatness and his um ability to kind of stay out of it like things directly uh that his actions because like his dad's getting bw or not bw his dwis like britney's doing her thing jackson's doing her thing all of that craziness is satelliting around him but he's not suddenly like joining into it or it doesn't seem to be affecting his reputation whatsoever because he's able to, to keep that straight and narrow now the guy you gotta watch is kelsey like that viva las vegas thing like i i wasn't here for that like i thought that was insane behavior uh, and i think that he's like now predicating on that like thin line between like lovable and obnoxious that comes with overexposure and like getting too far off of the deep end so let's see how the next year goes with him like if if he uh, comes back a different guy and now he has this different level of fame and he's he's in the business of being famous rather than in the business of winning football games, that is what people will uh, latch on to. And that will make you guys a lot more hateable. How did you feel about his interaction with Andy Reid on the sideline? Uh, I agree with some of the points that I've heard about it. Like, um, I forget, I forget who was making the point. I'm sorry. I've consumed a lot of stuff today, but like if AJ Brown had done that, like there's no way it would have been just like laughed off. Even if the Eagles had won the game, I think that he kind of got away with it. I think one, because, uh, because Reed gave him some cover, like Reed was really gracious about it and he started making jokes about it. And so that made it seem like it was okay for the rest of us to kind of join in and get over the outrage patrol that would normally follow such things. But like it was insane. It was insane. Like you, you can make your point. You can be angry. You can be passionate. You can use any what code word to describe that kind of behavior. But physical contact, there is a definite line. There is an absolute line that starts at you know touching somebody else's body, particularly like an old, out of shape man that could have tipped over who has been nothing but great to him in any sort of public interaction the entire time. So like. That was crazy, and we're. I guess he's built up enough goodwill that you know he's able to like take that as a as a foul tip instead of like a strike three. But it's not a good look. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it at all, especially because like Andy Reid, he's one of those coaches that is very calm and chill. Like he's not like a you know like a host like a Bill Cowher or something like that. Like a coach that you're used to seeing going back and forth for players or even today, like a Nick Sirianni. Like, yeah. if that happens like a Nick Sirianni, I don't think people would be as upset because, like, he gives off that rah-rah, I'll, I'll fight with you type of kind of vibe. You know, that's not Andy Reid at all. Yeah, look, if I'm hot taking this, and I'm not hot taking it, but if I was hot taking it, I'd be like, Kelsey's a coward. Would he have done that to Vrabel? Like, is there any world in which he does that to Vrabel in the Super Bowl? Like, a guy who's, like, bigger than him? Or is he just like, oh, I can bum rush this old, you know, out-of-shape man because I can get away with it. Like, and he's definitely not going to take a swig at me. That's not a bad take. That's not a bad take. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's plenty of offseason for the hot takes like that. Uh, In the meantime, really happy for you. Are you going to the parade? Are you going back? I'm not going to make it, man, but – I'll, I'll be there next year. You'll be there next year. All right, plus 750. Is your ticket already in for 2025? Uh, not yet, but I'm probably going to do it as we speak. <laughs> I mean, Sal used to always say this on, on the network. It's just like, just bet it every year. Like, you really think they're not going to win it once out of every six or seven years? Like, it's going to return for you eventually. And I I kind of feel the same way, particularly with this defense. Like, you know, you know their cap situation a lot better than I do. Are they going to lose, short of Kelsey maybe – going off to Australia with Taylor and never coming back. Are they have like key guys, like truly key guys on that defense that are at risk right now? I mean, the main two are Snead and Chris Jones. They're both free agents, but they'll most likely probably tag one of them. They'll tag them. Yeah. And then um, they can, so they're, they're around 20 ish million in cap space, but they can free up an extra 30 if they uh, move Mahomes' money into a, I believe a signing bonus are converted to a signing bonus or something like that. And they could free up another 30. So it'll be around 50-ish. So they could retain Chris Jones as well, but he may have to take a little bit of a hometown discount 
just so they can make sure, you know, they can make other moves as well. Because I'm sure they want to add another receiver, a veteran guy. They'll probably draft somebody else as well. So it's a lot on the line. But, hey, you have a chance to be the first team in NFL history to three-peat. So that could make guys want to just, hey, let's try to do this one more time and make history because it's never happened in football ever in this existence of this sport that we love. Hey, all right, here's another hot take. Mahomes is a selfish jerk because if he really cared about his team, he'd be getting Chris Jones some of that State Farm money and then he'd take the discount on the cap. And so, like, can't we just circumnavigate this whole thing by dragging his other buddies? already dragged Kelsey into him. Drag his other guys in, get them a check, and keep the team together. Come on, Patrick, don't be selfish. Well, he said in his press conference that he will try to do his best to um, save some money for the rest of the team. So we'll see. Chris Jones from State Farm. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue, but I'm sure they can find a part from him in one of those commercials because the only guys in commercials of the NFL are like Kelsey and Mahomes. And who else? Is there another like major spokesman for in commercials right now in the NFL? It's all Kansas City guys. It used to be Aaron Rodgers, but they kind of went off of him a little bit. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, Brett just said Justin Jefferson. He's been making some commercials, but a lot of Justin Jefferson commercials seem to be for the league itself. Like he's got a couple other ones, but um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm obviously envious. You're, uh, as they said in the finale of The Office, I wish I knew when I was in the good times when I was actually in them. Like you're in the good times right now. So I hope you truly appreciate this. Like being able to chase that third ring, knowing that you have a chance um, into February for the next decade, as long as 15 continues to lace them up. Like this is never going to get better for you as a sports fan. Yeah, man, I'm rushing every second of it. All right. Well, let's not drag out any more seconds. Let's give Caesars a little bit of love. And then unfortunately we got to move past football, Mark, but there's still lots of sports to gamble on. We'll get to them right after this. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Mark. We are back and we are moving past football, which means we are going to get into a lot of sports, help you discover new ways to gamble, fill, fill these seven months with new passions, new adventures, and new ways to either win or lose. Uh, I would normally take honors here, given that I did win the contest again, just like I won the Tournament of Champions before. So I am a big game player myself. But how can I look at a kid from Kansas City the day after his team won a second consecutive Super Bowl and pretend I am ahead of you in the pecking order? So because of your birthright, uh, go ahead and take honors, Mark. What do you have in the heart category? All right, man. So moving past football. When I'm going my heart with my basketball team, the thing only makes sense. The Lakers are playing the, the Detroit Pistons, the, the great Detroit Pistons, right? Right now, the Lakers are 12-point favorites. You know, they've only been in the spot two times this year where they were 12, favored about 12 or more points. They're one and one in those games. Mm-hmm. And I feel like historically, I don't know at the numbers in my head, but especially last year, I feel like when they're in these spots with double-digit spreads, I don't think they did too good. I just have a hunch. I don't think they did too good. But, like I said, they're 1-1 one one in these spots this year. I'm going to go with it. Minus 12. In L.A., trade deadline is gone, obviously. I think a lot of guys have a sigh of relief, you know, especially when you're on the LeBron team because you're yeah. always in trade rumors, you know, talking about D'Lo, Reeves. The list goes on and on. So I think now they know they're settled. They, they don't have to move apartments. They don't have to move their family across the country. You're playing the Detroit Pistons, who we know are really, really bad. I think they jump on them early, and I think they continue out throughout the game. I'm taking Lakers minus 12. This is a nasty week for NBA gambling, honestly, because like with because with the trade deadline, like there are certain teams that I don't know how to handicap at this moment, right? Like I was starting to feel really comfortable with Pistons covering double digit spreads. Like they're a team that's not going to win the game, but they fight really hard. So they were losing by, you know, eight, nine, 10 on 12, 13, 14 point spreads. And I was starting to get good action on them. But then they trade uh Bojan, and I have no idea what the hell they're gonna be without Bojan. That guy was the heart of a lot of those like grind them out fourth quarter efforts to cover lines and so without him on the team anymore i've got to get three four five games under my belt before i can actually look at the pistons again like i understand your bet here but that they're not the only team that that's true of and so as we move past football and as we look at the nba this week as we look at the post trade deadline reality plus like you know the one two three cancun effect which I'm definitely going to try to uh, leverage in my heater pick this week. It's just a hard week to handicap teams, I think. So I'm going to probably play a lot more players this week. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. You know, especially you don't know the motivation of all these teams right now. You know, their minds already probably where they're going to vacation at because everybody's not going to be at All-Star Weekend, right? Yeah, we're just talking about the main guys. So, yeah, I understand your perspective there. Yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely get to that with my heater. My heater is is all about vacation mindset. So we'll see. Uh, for my hard pit, Mark, if I'm getting back into college basketball, and I've I've given out a fair number of college basketball picks on this, but I'm going to just have I'll be giving a lot more, particularly next week when we don't even have as much NBA action. So be thankful you're on this week. That's not by by accident. Um, but if you ask me, what is the best bet in college basketball? And I just woke up from a coma. I would wake up and say you've. UVA's under. Whatever the under is in UVA's game, take it because of the way the style of basketball they play that I've been watching for the last decade. So let's start playing it, baby. On Tuesday night, the Pitt Panthers are are visiting um, are visiting Charlottesville. The line is one twenty three, and I am taking the under at minus one ten. It's not just because 
of that's where my heart lies and I've watched them play too many unders in my life to, to play anything different. They are six out of the last eight at home versus power of five conference teams have gone under the 123. And it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, most of it has to do with the pack line defense and the way that Virginia sets up. Obviously, the pace that they play affects the under quite a bit as well. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't play a high pace either, though, so I expect this to not have as many possessions. If it doesn't have many possessions against that pack line, it basically becomes a make-or-miss uh, league for for your over-under bet. And on the road in unfamiliar surroundings in the hostile crowd, guys don't shoot as well. So if you take a slower pace game and you play a smothering defense, and it just depends on a bunch of 19-year-old kids making three-pointers, I'd much rather have the under than the over. I like that. Um, I will say, like, especially this year for college basketball, I've only really watched KU games. Just yeah. being honest with you. Big Kansas guy, and we just got smoked tonight, by the way. Did you see that score? No, I didn't. 79 to 50 in Lubbock. Oh! Oh! Bill, Self got e- Bill Self got ejected. Holy smoke. Yeah, yeah Kansas has cost me a couple of bets this year, but I didn't ever picture him to lose by 29. Yeah, that's, that's embarrassing. Um, but, you know, I know historically Virginia, they're always one of those teams that, you know, slow pace, play tough defense, games be in the 40s and 50s. So I'm not mad yeah, at that. They just held Miami to 38 points uh, last week. So oh like, these God. are these are insane games. And like, by the way, UVA um, has, in my, like, this is just just a, a perspective. They're one of the programs that have most been hurt by NIL and transfer portal stuff. And it's not because like, oh, they can't, you know, get transfers or oh, they don't want to spend any money. They're not they're never going to spend the money that Kentucky's going to spend or Memphis or any team like that. They that will never be UVA's way. But the pack line defense gels over time. And so, like, to have these recruits that come in and be able to transfer out right away if they're not getting 30 shots in the in the first, like, three months they're on campus, and then they transfer out, well, that's just distraction. It's more churn for the program. And the way the program really excelled under Bennett was getting guys who make their junior year, getting guys who make their senior year, getting guys who make the league, not because they were five stars and born to make the league, but they were turned into these, like, guys who are great bench guys in the NBA because they're three and D guys honed by the program. And so with the, the transfer portal, with NIL, they are they have less time together because of uh, the ability to move in and out. And that pack line defense hasn't gelled to the same heights it did in the, in the mid 2010s. And so like, it's just unfortunate, but like most great coaches, Bennett's adjusted as a season goes on, the defense gets better. The team gets better. And we've seen that at Virginia because they've gone on a hot streak to go from like off the bubble to second in the ACC. Yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. I, this may be a play that I might have to look back at and might have to tell you on that one, man. All right. Well, you're not going to touch my head pick, so <clears throat> you keep, keep the hard pick in mind. But what do you have in the head category before I go into the world of soccer? <laughs> so for my head category, I'm taking pairing two together here. I got the Orlando Magic plus two and a half against OKC. Both these teams are actually the top two teams against the spread this year. But Orlando's number one against the spread. And this team has won five of their last six games. So, you know, this is a young team that is going to be in the playoffs, obviously, in the Eastern Conference. And I like both teams, actually. OKC, I like them a lot. I love SGA. But I got to take them with the points. I just got to, even though OKC is right behind them against the spread. But I just like Orlando, how they're playing right now. Like I say, and they haven't played since Saturday. Should be well-rested, so I like that spot. And I'm pairing that with Kevin Durant over on points against Sacramento. It's at 26 and a half. He's mm. cleared this number in four of his last six games. We know Sacramento is a very fast-paced team with De'Aaron Fox. They love to get out in transition, so I think it's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Both teams don't really like to play much defense. So I think KD will get the shots up in this one, and I love him getting it over there. I will say that if you had just left that naked, if you hadn't paired that KD thing in there, I was about to fail you because if I get a chance to take OKC and I don't even have to give it out as one of my picks, like my history on the show will say I'm backing them. I, I love them more than any other team in the league this year. Yeah, I know you number. 
I know, and you know I do. But Orlando's another team I love. It's like them. It's like Orlando, Minnesota, and OKC is my is my trinity of covering this year in the NBA because they're still on the come up. They're still climbing, which means that as we get into the dog days, I trust them to give more effort than everybody else because they're still out on the the prove it path and not just wait until May to try to turn it on. So in the head to head matchup, I. Uh, I got a player prop coming in it, but once you pair that Durant thing in there, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fail Durant against the Kings. So I've got to stay away from you. Uh, as I, as I said, I got to go into the world of soccer. Um, this is going to, sorry guys, without, without football Americana, we got to spread out the sports, particularly when we're taping late and soccer always has future odds published. So that's a little bit easier to talk about at tape time, uh, tomorrow in market. If you want to get more analysis and I know you do of all people, I know you how busy you were, how distracted you were last week. You can probably miss covered in glory. Shame on you. But if you want to go back and listen, we did a big champions league preview for uh, futures for the next Super Bowl. Like the other biggest game in sports is the Champions League final. Uh, and Champions League comes back tomorrow. So I'm taking Manchester City to win, but both teams to score at plus 200. It is an invor- inverse correlation play that I really like. Um, I just did this yesterday, by the way. I don't know if you heard Friday's trendy, but instead of taking Mahomes to win the MVP, my Chiefs uh, play instead of the Chiefs money line was Chiefs money line plus uh, CMC to score. So by playing a negative correlation with CMC to score, which hurts the chance for the money line, instead of taking the Mahomes plus 135 MVP, I actually got that at plus 245 by the time it closed. So that was a real nice payout and why I ended up winning the contest. But anyway, going back to Manchester City, uh, this this bet is particularly dangerous if you don't expect the the team that you're you're betting the money line on to get two, three, four goals. Because once the other team scores, the chances of a draw slash you know loss like skyrocket. Like it's just it's like three touchdowns in the NFL, like all at once. But when you have an offensive juggernaut like City, you trust them to get to two, three goals. Giving up the one isn't a big deal. And particularly if they get two or three first, they keep giving up consolation goals over and over and over again. Like we're already up 3-0, switch it off a little bit, sub in some less experienced players, lose that mental edge, and that's all it takes to give up a goal. So um, by playing it this way, Mark, and, and listeners at home, you take a line that it's about minus 500 right now for City to win, and you move it all the way up to plus 200 just to let the other team on the score sheet. Okay, okay, I like your strategy. I like your strategy. I'm definitely going to listen to you guys more, but I do want to be more educated when it comes to this great sport. And I must admit, during like this Chiefs dynasty and stuff, I get so overconsumed with Chiefs content throughout the year. Where it's yeah. hard to focus on anything else. I'm going to be just so honest with you. It, it yeah, really it. is tough. <laughs> yeah, I, like, you want to talk about inverse correlation. I watch so much soccer, and I know so much about soccer, because I don't want commander's content. And so, like, when your team is horrible, you got to seek it out somewhere else, and, and that's where I did. Uh, that bet I just gave out, by the way, if you want some numbers behind it, because it is in the head category. City has won, and the other team has scored in five out of six Champions uh, League games so far this year. So this is a bet that's cashing over and over again. Uh, Mark, speaking of over and over again, you got to give me a heater pick. What pattern are you playing this week that you're going to end up in the black when it's all said and done? So it's a short week, obviously, the NBA. So I got yep. two games, so hopefully that still qualifies here. Um, so I, I'm I'm fading the Suns against the spread this okay. week. Um, they, they play Sacramento Tuesday. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. And then they play Detroit on Wednesday. That spread, I haven't seen it available yet, but I'm imagining it's going to be, obviously, double digits. Um, and when I keep that in mind, like, they're going to play Sacramento Tuesday, right? So – I already mentioned that's going to be a fast-paced game. And the Kings can win that game. So I think four and a half to me seems a little rich for my blood. And the yeah. Suns are one of the worst teams against the spread this year. They're 21-30-2 against the spread. Yeah. So considering how that game is going to be a fast-paced, high-scoring game in my estimation, then the next day you play Detroit, first team in the league for an all-star break. After playing Sacramento the day before, that is the perfect letdown spot. Now, I think they'll mm-hmm. obviously beat Detroit, but whatever that spread is, what is maybe 13, 14, because against the Lakers, they're 12-point dogs, and the Suns are better than the Lakers. So I'm imagining it's going to be 
13 or 14 at least. I think that's going to be way too much when you have to play a back-to-back after playing the Kings, and that's the game before the All-Star break, when your mind's not even already going to be fully there, and then you're playing the Pistons on top of that. So I yeah. love fading the Suns against the spread this week. All right, I'm going to – you're riding high. I'm going to cut you a break. I'm going to give you a unit and a half on each of those two. I'm not going to make you pick a third. So you got one and a half units on each of those two games. I am playing something pretty similar, like thinking about player mindsets. Uh, on Thursday, the very last day with everybody needing to catch, or the superstars needing to catch flights the next day to All-Star Weekend, the, the non-All-Stars, they're all heading to a beach. They're all heading to someplace warm. They're all going ahead and taking that vacation that they promised their family or girlfriends or whoever uh, it might be. And it's a perfect storm because the three home teams with their bags already packed and an Uber already ordered to the airport the very next morning are the Trailblazers, the Jazz, and the Grizzlies. And the Trailblazers and Grizzlies are definitely one, two, three Cancun teams. Jazz probably less so, but the teams they are going against are the Timberwolves, the Warriors, and the Bucks. So the Timberwolves, Warriors, and Bucks loaded with all stars, loaded with guys that have to be uh, reporting the duty the next day at All Star Weekend, and I think they will be less in vacation mindset and will all take care of business against the spread on Thursday against people that have already checked out mentally, if not physically. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. You know, similar thinking to me about, you know, guys' mindsets not being there, you know, looking about where their next vacation spot's going to be since they're not going to Indianapolis for All-Star Weekend, thinking about which IG model they're going to hang out with this weekend (laughs) and fly out to their city. So a lot of things going on over this next week or so for these NBA players. So I'm not mad at that thinking. Yeah, it's it's weird to just speculate on players' mental states, but like, yeah, well, what else do we have, right? Like, they're human. You gotta you gotta look for an edge, and they're human, and so look to exploit human frailties. That's that's a success for all of life, not just gambling. Uh, so, what do you have in cred? Where are you going to put your two units? Yep. So I got two right here for you. Player props, uh, SGA against the Orlando Magic. I'm taking this over on rebounds. At five and a half, it's at plus 110. You got plus money there. And both these are plus money, actually. And I'm pairing that with Wendell Carter over on threes made at 1.5. Yeah, you get pretty good odds there. Both of those plays get him at plus 350. Uh, Wendell Carter is a guy this month, I know it's early, but even overall in the year, he's averaging between three to four three-point attempts per game. So I, I think he's for plus 152 on his individual play to get that at over one and a half. I think it's pretty good odds, you know, and SGA is a guy that's always around the ball. You know, he's always there to, to get the rebounds because the team is de- designated for him to get the ball and push the pace, you know, get guys in their passing lanes. And he's we know he's a good passer. So I can see him getting a lot of rebounds as well. So I like those two at plus 350. Man, I don't know what to work with here. I'm thinking about your King's pick, but that one that one's decent. I'm I'm definitely worried more about the Carter aspect of it than the SGA aspect of it because the SGA, like with and B's injury, like he actually has a legitimate path to being MVP. And I wonder if he cares about that. I would certainly care about that if I, I was a guy. Does. I think he does. Yeah, he wasn't the number one pick in the draft, like late lottery selection, traded early in his career. Like I would want to stick it to the whole world if I had uh, if I had his talent and hadn't been rewarded previously. And like once you win an MVP, you're kind of enshrined forever in in the history. It's not people have forgotten that Mark Mosley was an NFL MVP. You know what I mean? Like nobody forgets who's an NBA MVP. So I hope he goes after it. I think in going after it, I like his overs on everything. In fact, I got one coming up. Um, but man, that Carter one, that's a gamble. Plus 350, I'll take it. Plus 350, I guess the juice is worth the squeeze. So I'll go ahead and, and tail you on that one. Um, I'm also uh, playing an SGP in that same game. I'm attacking it a slightly different way. I am going with Banchero on over 5.5 assists plus Giddy over 0.5. Um, total blocks plus steals. So one block or one steal pays that bet off. 
Like the stats are just great on the recent trends. Banchero is just a man possessed right now. Uh, talk about guys on the come up who are trying to prove their their place in the league. Like he's actually got the ceiling to be a top ten guy in this league, and he's starting to, to flash it and, and scratch that potential. Um, and he's he's dealing the heck out of the ball. So he's actually cleared five point five assists. Mark, I know in your your Chiefs haze, you might have missed this, but he's been over 5.5 assists in 10 consecutive games now, which is a big uptick from where he was earlier in the year as he gets more people involved. And then Giddy, I just I I like Giddy. Like I wish he wasn't, you know, involved in so much kind of uh dirty stuff off the court, but on the court, allegedly, by the way, allegedly, I think some of that investigation might have cleared up. Uh, but on the court, like I just like what he brings to the team. And he's always seems to be active in passing lanes and like, you know, getting these little cheap blocks that uh that a guy can get. So he has a stealer block in nine out of 10 games, in addition to being a secondary ball handler and those other things that he brings to the table, secondary scoring options. So you put those two together, um and you get plus 141. And for something that has happened one 10 straight games, the other one nine out of 10, if the current trends hold, then that's great value. Yeah, I didn't know about that stat about the over on the five and a half. You said 10 straight games? 10 straight games. That's that's good information to know. You're making it tough for me now. There you go. Well, we're out of picks. So which one are you going to tail or fail? You can fail me. Go against one of them if you want. I know you like some of the ones I gave out today. I'm gonna tell you, man. I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm gonna go with that that Virginia under. There we go. That, that just feels like a great traditional pick that my brain can register with, because I'm just used to Virginia playing a certain style of, of basketball. So, and I know you've been watching this year more than I have outside of me watching KU games. So, I, I'm gonna trust you on that one. Yeah, and look, like betting on Virginia unders is the best way to get through the two hours. Because you want some reward for watching like a 50-46 games. You want there to be some cash waiting for you at the end of it. Uh, all right. Well, that was great. We proved that there's going to be sports after football. And that's why we have gambling to continue to drive our interest. So let's give our sponsors a little bit more love. Give you one more pick each in the Second Guest Express. And let Mark get to bed and have sweet dreams of more trophies coming his way. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Mark, I gave you honors the first time around. I'll grab them for Second Guest Express, and we are playing more player props here, including an SGA one. Uh, I am going to go with Derek White over 0.5 blocks in the Celtics game tomorrow night with SGA over 0.53s. I love overs on low barrier numbers like this, right? Like any single possession the entire game where the over can hit, we just need Derek White to get that one block, SGA to hit that one tray. Uh, You pair them together, you get plus 123. You want to talk about recent trends. This is another one that has great recent trends behind it. Derek White now has a block in 10 consecutive games. And he's done it in 78% of games on the year. Uh, He's just always active. He's looking to prove himself on the defensive side. They don't need his offense quite as much. So he really focuses his energy on the other half of the court. And then SGA, he's stuck at three and nine out of his last 10, 73% of games on the year. We do think that MVP matters matters to him. He has every arsenal, every shot. And his quick, his first step is so insane that he does get a little bit of space at the arc and he continues to knock him down. So getting a plus number on two guys to both do something once that they both do well is another way I think you can attack the market. Yeah. Okay. So why are you second guessing that? I like the other ones better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, but the, the great thing about it, I don't know if you've logged into Caesars recently, they don't limit you to four bets. You can still make that fifth bet. Oh, man. It's just the you one that you have to give out of the show. You can still do that, huh? Yeah, oh, man. Man. they're not limiting me quite yet. That's amazing. Uh, mine's is I'm, I'm going back to that Laker Pistons game. The over on total points is 237. Mm. I said Lakers minus 12, right? So when you have a big spread like that, 
you're assuming a lot of points are going to be scored because it just increases the odds of the cover, right? You know, if it's super low scoring, are they going to cover 12? Really? That's a, that's tough, right? And especially with today's NBA, you got to get it out there. Like I'm talking about like 120 plus, maybe even 130. You know, we really got to pour it on. So I, I think the Lakers can do that. This Pistons team is very young, as we know. And the Lakers are just much more physical and more seasoned. I think they'll be able to kill them on the glass, get a lot of second-chance opportunities in this game. And like I mentioned earlier, I really think it matters. I really think it matters the fact that these guys have a sigh of relief, the guys that are on the trade block. And yeah, I think now they're really getting to that stretch run. You know, a lot of speculation about Darvin Ham. Now you got Spencer Dinwiddie in the mix. You know, so I, maybe there's some vibes starting to change around the Lakers team a little bit. So I think this is a great get-right game. And I think a lot of points can be scored in this game. And look, if you get out big, I got them covering the 12. You know, maybe later in the game, they can still cover that. But still, the Pistons can get some garbage points at the end. And, you know, LeBron's not out there. AD's not out there. And they get a little cheap points here and there to kind of get over that 237. I'm on the other side of that one. I wish you had given that one out one so I could fail it. So I think you ah, saved yourself for putting it I on see, your bench. I knew you were. That's why I did it. <laughs> yeah, I would have failed that in a heartbeat. Like, we don't know what we're going to get out of this Pistons team. You love Laker-unders. I'm, I'm I'm I love Laker-unders. Like, why wouldn't I? They're, they're led by a guy who's like a hulking center who's made of glass and a 39-year-old. Like, why are we really going to think they're going to race up and down and cover points unless the other team dictates the pace? And I don't know if the Pistons can take it to them like that. So, whatever. Uh, give it out next time in your picks and I'll fail it. So, uh, that's my challenge for you the rest of the week. For you the rest of the week, though, Mark, we did 20-plus minutes at the top. You got anything left for Lemon Pepper? Like, what are you guys going to talk about now that you've got all this out on Trendy? Oh, man. I'm going to have to sleep on it and figure out some new material. <laughs> I know sure. Martin, he'll, pull, he'll pull something out of me. Yeah, Martin will have a whole lot to say on the podcast of champions, a Michigan Wolverine fan and a Kansas City Chiefs fan talking football and living at the peak of their life. We'll never probably uh, get anything like that again. Rest of the network, we're doing great wrap-ups. Uh, Minus three did a very long podcast today, looking not just backwards at the Super Bowl, but also which quarterbacks will win over the next 10 years. Uh, we will be back with Trendy on Wednesday, Extra Points on Wednesday, uh, and then Covering Glory on Thursday and the Hench episode on Thursday. We are retooling the pregame show that was uh, proved to be immensely popular to format it for the non-NFL version of uh, the sports calendar. So more on that soon. So thank you so much for joining us, sitting through uh, today's picks. Hopefully they help make you some money. Mark, anything else you want to brag about? I'll give you one more minute to say anything you want on behalf of Chiefs Nation or yourself to the world. First of all, Toby is Chiefs Kingdom. Get it right. Oh, you're right. Chiefs Kingdom. Um, I mean, I don't got much to say, man. I just, you know, I'm just used to playing in February at this point. It's like kind of you put it on your calendar at this point. You just kind of anticipate it. I, actually, I tweeted out earlier that I'm about to book my room for New Orleans right now. Because Super Bowl is going to be at next year. I'm going to get ahead of it before they sell out. So, hey, man, it's just it is what it is, man. I just changed my mind. Now I know why you guys are the villains. That is freaking insufferable. Your world is going to turn against you so fast. We cracked the code here at the very end. You guys are not going to be likable as long as you're booking trips 12 months in advance and calling your shot. I'm just living the dream, man. Living the dream. You are living the dream. Don't let me ruin it for you. So enjoy all the sports on Tuesday. We will be back with uh, more action on Wednesday. Until then, take care, everyone. 